fucking Friday. My name is Alyssa Canova. Welcome to my podcast. I really didn't think I was going to have it together this week. I've been feeling very depressy and I had a really, really shitty weekend at work. But nonetheless, I was able to pull myself together long enough to watch some movies and form my bitchy little opinions. I know, I know. Can I get a round of applause? I'm truly amazing. Um, And I... When I was at work, one thing that did happen was this very wealthy patron of ours who is apparently a regular, but this is the first time like I've ever had a conversation with her and you can like, she's trying really hard to be friendly and I'm, that's just like not my thing at work because like, I don't like people talking to me when I eat. So I don't, I don't talk to people when they're eating. I just think it's odd, but she, she strongly recommended that I watch the night manager. And all I know about it is that it's like a limited series and Hugh Laurie is in it. And I mean, Hugh Laurie. Am I right, ladies? Like, that's all I really need to know. Um, but I'm afraid that if I don't watch it and I show up at work today, um, she's going to, like, slap me across the face. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe I'll, like, <laughs> maybe I'll do a quick study of the, like, plot on Wikipedia or something. But um, anyway, do y'all, have y'all watched that? Is it good? I don't know. I I guess it's on the agenda. But um, I've got to, I've got to feed, I've got to feed the podcast first, you know, and we are a podcast dedicated to horror in all of its forms, but I don't think that a miniseries is on the horizon, but fuck, that's what like the original it was, right? It, Stephen King, that was like a miniseries. Um, it's really long, but anyway, okay. So this week I, um, I, I normally like plan out my movies, you know, in advance but this week I decided to to like because I found a movie that I really wanted to watch so I decided that I was going to go all in and watch that movie and then decide from there what the next movie should be unfortunately this movie wasn't um what I wanted it wasn't what I expected I would I, I didn't live but it was so grounded in homage that it was very easy to decide what movie I needed to watch after that to really like cleanse my palate um so anyway this week I watched the final girls from 2015 didn't really care for it but it is um it is it is like a love letter to it's a love letter to horror in general but specifically Friday the 13th so I just really, I really had to go back and watch the original Friday the 13th from 1980. And I gotta say, it's so much fucking better than I remember. And it's weird because it's like, when it's like one of the like original horror movies and so many like offshoots and sequels and homage and just like referential bullshit has been made. It's like you forget that like the source material is actually like really substantial and the characters like aren't stupid. <laughs> and um it's it was just it's just it's just an amazing film. You heard it here first guys. Friend of the 13th is a is a amazing film. But anyway, before we get into that, let's talk about The Final Girls from 2015. And I wanted to watch this so bad because I, I don't know how I stumbled upon it. It was so random. I was like, wow, how did I find this? And why have I never heard about it? You didn't hear about it because it wasn't as good as it should have been, especially with that cast. Um, but then I, I've been obsessively listening to the podcast, The Bald and the Beautiful, which, hello. But it's the it's a Trixie Mattel and Katia Zamos, the drag queens from, you know, Drag Race fame. It's their podcast. I've been listening to it obsessively. And I get to this point in the podcast, they talk about horror movies all the time, which like, they're kind of like, you know, I know that I, I know that their podcast has been around longer than mine, but I didn't start listening to, to it till last week. And I just feel like they're kind of stepping on my jam a little bit. And I think they should just go back to talking about drag a little bit more. That being said, would love to have either of them on the pod. 
But unfortunately, Trixie, I have to say, she she started talking about the movie The Final Girls, and I was like, "Oh, stop the pod! I don't want to listen to it. I want to. I don't want to have like my my um my uh, frame of mind like tainted or whatever." Um, and then I went back and listened to what she had to say to see like if I agreed with it, and I certainly did not. Trixie was moved to tears by this movie. I was um not so moved. I was just I I I <laughs> I was just. It was stupid and I should have I should have steered clear based on the PG-13 rating alone. But like the thing is like I feel like you can make a good horror movie that's PG-13. I don't really know how like the rating system works entirely. But I you know like I'm not a huge fan of gore. Like I can take it and sometimes it's fun, but it's like sometimes the things that make you the most squeamish are like the sound effects and like seeing the actors like reactions to what's happening. You don't actually have to see the gaping wound um to get the full effect. Um but this movie was like I couldn't even like suspend my disbelief and like imagine where he was stabbing someone cuz it just it was like you're not even close to the body. Like, what is this? Like, I really thought it was gonna, I thought it was gonna give. And it just, it just really didn't give. It was more of a comedy than anything else. And it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like Friday the 13th, Little Einstein version. Like, this is what you show to a teenager who like, they're not ready to watch horror movies yet. Like a young teenager, (laughs) like they're not ready to watch horror movies yet. But you're like, okay, you can check this out. But it's weird. that something that like relies so much on references to Friday the 13th to like not even touch it like as far as like the scary aspect goes I don't know I just I I I wasn't living I was not living the premise is that Taze Farmiga is Malin Ackerman's daughter which is like okay I know this is a fantasy but let's be real and so the thing about Taze Farmiga is I don't know how to pronounce her name she is Vera's Vera Farmiga from The Conjurings, her sister. Um, and she was in the first season of American Horror Story. She was also in Coven, which I didn't care for, but she was in the original season of American Horror Story, which is fucking phenomenal. I'll go back and rewatch that anytime. Absolutely amazing. And her character is so good. And one thing about her is she's a good actress and she can cry. Oh, she can cry. But like, it, this movie just didn't, it didn't it wasn't written well enough to like give her the like the space she needed to like use her chops. Like she did cry for sure, but it wasn't like it was like it was too much. Anyway, just with the tone that was set in the movie. Anyway, and then Malin Ackerman, she's like been in a bunch of rom-coms for me. She is the sister on 27 Dresses, right? Blonde, blue-eyed, just just sickeningly sweet, you know? The movie starts with like this really corny horror movie trailer and then we pull out and we see that uh Taza, her the character's name is max she's watching this trailer on her iphone and she's the one of the girls in the movie is played by her mom and we see her mom she's waiting in the car her mom comes back out she's just like bombed at an audition or whatever but you know they're trying to keep their spirits high um and they're very corny they you know great mother-daughter relationship or whatever and they start singing I forgot I forgot this happened but she was like mom we have an electricity bill for $148 how are we gonna pay for this and the mom literally takes the bill and throws it out the window and it's like okay not only are you like the cool mom who like is like don't worry about the bills kid you're also just gonna fucking litter with your um personal information anyway um it was and so like 
immediately I was just like, no, I was just like immediately, no, I was like, this isn't like silly and cute. This is like, this is, I don't know. It tried so hard to be camp and it wasn't camp because it didn't push it far enough, but it was just cheese. It was just, it was so cheese, 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 like fucking Velveeta. Anyway, they're singing Betty Davis eyes in the car and eventually they get in a car wreck. I don't even see the car that fucking hits them. The car just spins out. And then we wake up three years later and we realize that the mom has died. So Max, she's now like a teenager and her best friend is named Gertie and Gertie is played by fucking Aaliyah Shawkat. Aaliyah Shawkat from Arrested Development and from that one episode of Broad City. Like Aaliyah Shawkat. She's so funny. She has, she's so capable and yet this fucking script is so fucking TD Bopper Disney Channel. I'm like, shut up. Everything that they all say is so annoying. And it's like, like, Aaliyah, why? Why would you take this gig? It was, it's just not. She And Aaliyah is such like a leading lady type bitch. And I, I don't know if I've ever even seen her be a leading lady or whatever. I don't know. I need to watch Search Party. But like, she, she's not, she's not like the, the quippy best friend who's like, Ooh, he's into you. He likes you. Like, that's not like, she can't play that character, but she tried to. And it was so, so uncomfortable. But anyway, she has a stepbrother and her stepbrother is like the, the obnoxious horror movie buff, because as we know, in any late meta horror movie, we have to have someone narrating the entire thing because obviously no one would come into this movie having any knowledge of horror at all. We have to have someone who literally spells it out for you. And then it's like, what's the fun anymore? You know, like what is the fun anymore? Like Jamie Kennedy in Scream was was like just enough. It was like just enough of what you needed. We don't need this fucking obnoxious character to be rebuilt and more like every movie. Like I'm saying it anyway. So he's there. And the actor is someone I recognized, but I didn't even bother looking up because he annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> and I was, and I took it a little personally. I took it a little personally. Um, and then we have the hot guy who's like into Max. Um, this guy was the guy who played Kato in the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games, like, obviously, because he died. Kato, you, Kato, you remember. Anyway, um, so he's really into Max, but Max doesn't really seem to like care about anything. So I don't really know. It's it's the three year anniversary of her mother's death, right? So she's a little worked up. And this disgusting horror movie buff is like, oh, come on, come to the movies tonight. We're going to see Camp Bloodbath. And Max is like, oh, yeah, the movie where my mom gets brutally murdered. I don't know if I want to go see that on the big screen on the anniversary of her actual death. And they're like, oh, come on. <laughs> And so she goes, she goes to the movie theater to see her mom get butchered three years after her death. I don't know. Fucking wouldn't have done that if I was her, but teens are resilient and also stupid. I don't know. We get to the movie theater and we meet um, Kato's ex. They like just broke up, but she's already got a new boyfriend. She's played by Nina Dobrev and Nina Dobrev like also has chops is also like a good actress. And it's like, I feel like I don't know what happened if there was so much editing done down to like make the movie worse because I feel like all of these actors like signed on to a script that seemed at least a little bit interesting and then got made the fool and I get like this is 2015 so am I like overestimating no I cannot be overestimating how famous these people are like American Horror Story had coming on Arrested Development had coming on fucking Hungry like these were all ugh. anyway Vampire Diaries whatever. So <laughs> they are all in the movie theater. And, um, like we see 
like we're seeing shots of the movie and then the camera's like panning through the audience and it's like every shot they made of this like this like movie within a movie we have to see it three times right because they film the trailer and then we have to see everything in the trailer also play out in the movie theater while everyone's laughing at it again um and then when these characters spoiler alert they're gonna go into the movie they also have to hear these lines said again and it's like i like just come up with some more stuff just come up with a little bit more stuff i'm bored i'm i'm so bored anyway so we're watching this like final destination situation happen where these two guys drop like a whole 40 ounce of fucking hundred proof liquor and another guy you know ashes his joint and a huge fire starts and the only way they decide to get out is by going through this back door through the screen but like going through the screen they step into the movie so that's what we're working with it's an episode of fucking wizards of waverly place which by the way that episode of wizards of waverly place was like way scarier or at least it it really got me as a kid um i don't think this would have gotten me um ever so they're like walking through the woods and like the woods are so scenic like they have to be cgi they're like so scenic and bright and golden and all different colors and kinds of wildflowers like it's just absolutely stunning like shut up i'm so like anyway so um they see this uh yellow van go by with like music playing and it's like exactly like the van that goes by in the trailer and they pass them and they're like uh where y'all know where camp whatever the hell is and and they just like don't answer and then they just drive off and every like hour and a half this happens again because it's like the movie starting over right and on the fourth time this happens they just decide to get in the car with them and even though we know that uh this that the woman played by max's mom is in the back seat and it's going to pop up because we literally just saw it happen in the movie we just saw it happen in the movie now we're going to see it happen again and for some reason max is going to freak out so much she's going to cry it's like girl you knew this was going to happen you knew this was going to happen and maybe you're just like so in shock you're not thinking but it's just like it's a little bit like like stop like this movie is very has so many like tinder mother-daughter moments and i'm not moved (laughs) i'm not moved um And it's like the premise that like you have to watch your mom die after she's actually like literally dead. That's sad and horrifying. And they could have made it much more workable, I think. And they, I don't know, they just, the writer just really shot the bed with this whole, this whole thing. Um, And once they like get to the camp, Max keeps trying to like keep her mom from being slutty because she knows that like if she has sex or takes her top off she's gonna die because that's like the horror movie rules um and so her mom is like trying to like like they're like friends or whatever and her name's nancy and so nancy and max are talking and nancy's like i wanna i wanna i think i'm gonna fuck this other counselor and the other counselor is played by adam devine and he won't stop making innuendos and it's so uncomfortable um, which that's just like Adam Devine's whole deal. He just makes you uncomfortable. And so he does. Um, but she's just like, keep your fucking pants on, mom. You have to stay alive. Um, they decide that they're just going to try and take the van and leave. So, um, but Adam Devine's character is a total dick. And he's like, yeah, you can take the van. You just have to find the keys. And then he just chucks them into the woods. So they're out looking in this like magical, mystical fairy forest. And they see one of the counselors like skipping through the woods. And so they all like get behind this log to watch her. And of course the horror movie buff is just like uh, mouth agape, 
eyes wide drooling like <laughs> this is just like in the movie and it's like yeah we know we know because we've seen it you don't have to explain it to us anymore and anyway so we know that this is like the first girl that dies because she hooks up with this hiker and we see the hiker come and so she's hooking up with this hiker and then she like turns around and when she turns back around he's gone and then she like gets her throat slit or something right and so they watch all this happen and they're all like trying to run away which by the way the killer in this movie it's just like a tr- like a black trench coat and then like a bald guy wearing like like a like a like a black tiki mask with like that's like strapped around his head like bane it's it's not it's not giving anything at all i don't know what the fuck that's supposed to be but it sucks um and so anyway they're all like trying to run away because like the killer's right there and the uh the the movie buff stepbrother is just like standing there with his back to the killer killer in frame and is monologuing on and on and on about how like no the movie's gonna play out exactly as the movie plays out he doesn't even know we're here he can't see us because we're not in the movie and the whole time he's going on i'm like it would be so fierce if he just got his throat slit right now just slit lit his fucking throat right now and that's what they should have done instead they let him monologue for like twice the amount of time he should have and then um the uh the killer goes off screen and throws a machete into his side and then everyone else runs away and it's like he just got a machete to the side it's not even like a machete in his gut like you don't even have to leave it there you just pull that thing out and keep it fucking trucking like he's fine but they all run away like he's dead because they're in a movie and they just assume that that means that like he's dead but then they're like they're like running and they keep running past the counselors and then they realize that they're running in a loop like the same thing keeps happening like they're they're running and then they they show up on from where they just came from and they're running again and the the counselor's like hey welcome back hey welcome back hey welcome back and so they realize that like they can't actually like leave you know and then this whole time we're waiting for the final girl to show up like the girl that like in the movie makes it to the end because she's the virgin right but like it's very interesting the way that they played the virgin in this film because she's got like she's got like a tight wife beater a fucking leather jacket that looks like it's from forever 21 a wig that looks like it's from party city and it's like it's got like five bumpets in there and she's like, I got a cigarette hanging out her like big old overlined nude lips. It's like, who is this girl? Who is this girl? I don't know her. Um, and I was looking in the like fucking uh, like on the IMDb page and they have like a bunch of these different like posters of like each of the different characters and like their roles. And hers, it says the tomboy. And I was like, I thought she was the final girl. Like, you're setting up this movie to tell us that she's the final girl, and spoiler alert, she fucking dies, but it's like, wouldn't you advertise her as that so as to not spoil it? Also, what about her as tomboy, the fact that she talked about a motorcycle for one second? Have you seen her lipstick? She's showing up to camp with lipstick like that. Who are are we trying to fool? The wig? Get out of here. Um... But it, she, I, so anyway, I, I don't like her character. I don't it's like her. I don't like any of these people. It's all it's all like I don't care. I, I don't care. <laughs> so at this point, like everyone's here. They're all gathered in the main cabin. The uh, the the present day people are like like are like he's here and they're like, who's here? And he's like, they're like, uh, I, I don't even know how this plays out because it, it's very awkward. But like 
they're like oh like we're in trouble and then someone mentions billy murphy and then this is when nancy like starts monologuing she's like billy murphy he was a camper here many years ago and everyone like moves to like sit down in a circle um and then they like flash back and like as she's like telling the story like we see like clear ooze dripping from the sky but like only the present day people like see it and it, you're like, what's going on? And then you realize it's turning everything black and white. And then you're like immersed in the flashback. <sighs> like, okay, I guess. So, and anyway, so they're in the flashback and they're just watching everything happen. Well, basically what happened to Billy Murphy is he was an annoying little kid and he hid in an outhouse because everyone was picking on him and a counselor fucking lit some fireworks and threw them in there and so he became horribly disfigured and obviously bitter um and came back years or and came back I don't know when he came back but he killed a bunch of counselors right and he's like (laughs) they show him like walking through bunk beds and this is like a flashback within a movie within a movie so it's like you're really suspending disbelief but he's like has this machete and he just like you know pokes a mattress and it's like squelch blood dead and he like he's like stab 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 he killed all eight counselors and Aaliyah Shawcat Gertie she's looking and she's just got this blood splatter all over her face and her horrified look and it's like girl who are you playing that for um and we get back to like the present day or no not the present day we get back to the movie and uh Gertie like still has like the blood splatter like on her face um and which makes all the like movie people like really concerned they're like what is going on because they didn't actually go into the flashback only these present day people went into the flashback um and then so they so the present day people they're like who are you like they know that they're not on the counselor list and they're just like i don't know they're starting to freak them out so they try to tell them that like they're in a movie and they're all gonna die one by one um and of course they and of course they all like freak out and they all try to leave but because like the present day people couldn't leave they like assume that they can't leave and they're like, no, you just have to stay here and play out the movie. And they're just like, fuck you. We're getting the fuck out of here. Um, and so the final girl, she gets right back in her fucking car. Adam Devine hops in the passenger seat and they haul ass. But it's like fucking cabin in the woods. Like they physically can't leave without dying. So they are just driving super fast. And of course, the stepbrother shows up because like I said, he didn't die. He just got a little machete to the side, whatever. Um, he wanders out of the forest right into the car's path. They hit him. Just hit him straight. Just roll right over him. Keep going. They do not give a fuck. And then she immediately hits a pole. And Adam Devine's character goes flying. And like, like this is like the grossest bit of the whole movie is like he like hits the pavement like neck first. And his body like does this contortion like his feet go over his body. Ugh it's so gross but uh they're like oh god we hope the final girl's still alive because they're just watching this from the cabin as she just crashed into a pole and like two seconds later the entire car goes up in flames and they're like well fuck because <laughs> that was supposed to be our final girl um and so now they have to strategize how they're going to survive the movie <clears throat> which they can only do if a virgin kills billy murphy with his own machete because that's like you know, the lore. Um, but of the present day people, Max is the only one who's a virgin, but she's like, who me? I couldn't possibly do this. Um, and Nancy steps up and is like, I never had sex with what's his name. So like, I'm still a virgin and I can still be the final girl. Um, 
so like that's the plan and they decide they're gonna like create this whole like (sighs) plan to get him right but there's this like really tender moment between all the present day girls because you know like Max used to be friends with what's her name but then her mom died and so then they like drifted apart and it's like oh I don't care um and anyway like we're back in the cabin and Kato is in front of this chalkboard and he's like okay he, he basically repeats everything we already know we have to kill Billy Murphy with his machete his own machete um um, but we have to be able to get him in the house. And, 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 you know, one of the characters is like, how do we do that? And he's like, I'm so glad you asked. Luckily flips, flips chalkboard. Luckily I've written the entire plan to that exact question right here on the other side of this chalkboard. And so it's called operation booby trap, which meh, you get it. So one thing I forgot to mention about the ex-girlfriend character, she's like pretty cool, but she is obnoxiously addicted to Adderall. Um, you know, she like in the first frame of the movie, she's like shaking that bottle, like I can't have my Addies. Um, and you know, I hoped that this would lead to like a better payoff in the movie, but frankly, all that happens is this, um, slutty girl in the movie. Her name's Tina. She's like always wearing a bikini top. Um, they have like made her like put on like a life raft and mittens on her hands like they are wrapping her up because like they're like you won't stop stripping and we need you to wait to strip (laughs) so you can be bait for the fucking killer guy in the tiki mask so they've got her all wrapped up and she can't do anything so then she decides she's gonna take like 30 Adderall and so I guess this is supposed to be like comedy It, it didn't like she's just tweaking for a little bit but like it doesn't really lead to like I don't I don't really know so anyway now they're putting the putsch in motion. They are, they have set up this booby trap situation and they are, what, what they're doing is, uh, what's her name? Tina is standing in front of the door and they're like, hit it, Tina. And they start playing fucking, she's my cherry pie. And she starts ripping off these gloves with her teeth and then taking off her shirt and like showing her bikini. And then finally she like flashes her tits and he just like starts slowly walking to them and they're like, don't move yet. You can't move yet. And she's like, he's getting closer. And they're like, you can't move yet, which he was still like yards away moving slow as a snail, but she's freaking out, I guess, cause she's tweaking. And so then she like trips over the booby wire that she was standing in front of and lands face first into a bear trap. So just that's what happens to her. Um, and then at some point they cut another of the like booby trap wires. I don't remember what happened. Um, at some point, you know, once Billy gets in the house, um, the character Blake, the like only like black counselor, he, he dies unceremoniously, you know, barely stabbed, left for dead, whatever. Um, they lead him upstairs and like Max is like shooting at him with flaming arrows, but he's got like six flaming arrows in him at this point and nothing is happening. So I don't know what they expect to like be going down, but they lead him into like the front bedroom, but he like knocks this bookcase over Gertie and Nina. And so like they're trapped underneath the bookcase and they can't move and then um the killer kills Gertie and he's like this is where he's like he like stabs her but I don't even know how because the bookcase is like covering her entire body (laughs) I don't know where he stabbed her but he did you know because because it's like sting but um then Nina is like trapped too but she like can't do anything so she like cuts another wire and then like an explosion happens you know um so the whole thing goes up in flames but of course you know that just kills her it doesn't kill him you know he comes like bursting through the fucking glass on fire um and he's chasing like so it's max and her mom nancy and 
uh, the Kato guy. They're running through the woods. You know, he's chasing them through the woods. They uh, they come across this like tiny bog, and they're like one, two, three, jump, and then they just they jump into the bog, right? Um, and when he gets near, um, they decide that they're gonna try to like flash back. So she's like, "Mom, you know, or no, Nancy, like start telling the story about Billy Murphy and what happened here years ago. Like start telling it." And so she starts telling the story, and they flash back. And when they flash back, he's in the flashback, but he immediately gets hit by the car in the flashback. Um, and so then when they get like, they, they flash forward again, like he's gone and they don't really know where he is. I don't really know what happens. At some point he pops back up. He carries off Nancy, you know, Max really wants to fucking save her mom. She thinks that she's going to be able to bring her mom back into like the real world reality with her, you know, because she assumes that she's going to be able to get out of this and take her with her somehow. And it's like, oh, that's sweet, but you're so stupid. Um, and so basically the movie ends with like the movie within the movie ends with like, <laughs> um, Nancy going out into this field and doing a strip tease to Betty Davis eyes in front of the girl who she knows now that she's like her mother in another universe. Um, just like shows her like blue lacy bra until she gets stabbed to death. Um, <laughs> and then, the um so then the the dude shows up Cato or whatever they embrace and um the credits start rolling in the sky behind him one thing about this movie the best thing i can say about this movie is there's some beautiful shots of the sky <laughs> just some beautiful shots of the sky um and so we see the credits like roll in the sky behind him it's kind of trippy and they embrace and then they kiss and it's like that always happens in like things like this where there's like a romantic build-up then something totally bonkers crazy batshit traumatic happens and then they like embrace and kiss and I have to wonder because it's like I've never known anyone to be in like that kind of scenario that's so traumatic but you're also like there with the your love interest like is that a natural response I just want to know like has anyone has anyone ever, like, I don't know. I'm just sick of it. It's like, this isn't an action movie. I guess it is. I don't know. I don't know what fucking movie this is, but I just, it's it's boring. I want better. Because um, they never had, like, any chemistry the whole time. I don't really get it. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> but then, um, they're, like, this, the, the, like, tape turns over, and we hear, like, this, this whooshing, like, all around them, and then everything goes black. And then Max wakes up in the hospital, and like all her friends are there like fucking you know you know Gertie and what's her name are friends now um and the stepbrother is there and she's like did we all have the same dream and he's like oh no it was totally real and he lifts up his shirt and he has like a machete wound um and then they um they think you know they're good even though they've that happened like they were actually in there like I assumed they all just got carbon monoxide poisoning in the fucking burnt up movie theater but no I guess it was real um but then like everything seems calm but then it gets ominous because we hear that ominous noise and you know how in Friday the 13th there's the well, in this movie, they have their, like, own version of that. It sounds pretty similar. I don't even know what the difference is. But they hear that, right? And so they're like, oh, fuck. And so they go outside of the fucking... They go. They leave the little hospital room, and they poke their heads out into the hallway, and they see a doctor being insanely misogynistic to a nurse. So they're like, oh, fuck. We're back in the 80s. 
Um, <laughs> and then, um, he, what's his, like, Billy comes, like, crashing through the window with fucking, you know, machetes and in both his hands and <laughs> and max just like flips over one of those like medical rolly thingies that ha- holds like the bags you know she flips it over and she like points at him she's like bracing herself and you know um the stepbrother is just like nutting himself because yay he's back in another horror movie and then we get the title bloodbath 2 you'll never guess bloodbath 2 cruel summer <laughs> it's cool that's what I tell them. No rules. She's everywhere. I mean, Taylor Swift, I cannot get away from her. So, <clears throat> Bloodbath 2, Cruel Summer. Have to have a sequel. Have to set it up for the sequel. And then it just ends. And then, like, the credits, like, go almost immediately into a blooper reel. But I, I didn't even watch it. I'm like, I, I, I've had enough. I've had enough of the silliness. I don't need to see any bloopers. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks, though. <laughs> so, that was that. And you know it's cute if you're 10 I guess this was a movie for for 10 year olds this was like I as a young child was watching Friday the 13th you know seven eight years old had that DVD in my room watch it all the fucking time um and maybe that was inappropriate because I've always been scared of you know knife wielding killers um but um you know maybe I should have maybe I should have been watching movies like this instead but it's like Again, it's like an homage you can't appreciate unless you've seen the original. Because, okay, I even forgot to say, like, they they cut Billy's head off. Which is, okay, which is ridiculous because, as we know, in the original Friday the 13th, the killer is Mrs. Voorhees. And when her head gets chopped off, like, she dies. She doesn't come back. I don't know. I actually haven't seen any of the Friday the 13th sequels. But I'm pretty sure she's not in them. Pretty sure it's all Jason. Um, But, like... At the end of, like, the movie within the movie, she chops Billy's head off with a machete. She says, you fucked with the wrong virgin. And then she chops his head off with a machete. And then the credits roll. So how is he back? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's like if you're going to make a movie where someone where you see someone's head flying off, just go a little bit harder. Less of the, like, tender moments, more of the, like can't be badass moments like I'm sorry it just it just missed the mark for me in every way so after watching that utter bullshit I had to go back and watch the original Friday the 13th right I needed I needed something good and fresh with nudity and camp counselors actually boning instead of just joking about it and a good scary bloody slasher movie and you know what I realized there isn't even actually any nudity on Friday the 13th. I didn't see one nipple. I really, I always thought there was, but like the sex in this movie is pretty tame. And I always kind of thought like, oh no, close my eyes. But it's really, I mean, obviously I'm an adult now, but it's really, it's not even as bad as like Halloween. Um, But Friday the 13th, does anyone else celebrate Friday the 13th? Like when it comes up, like I love to recognize it, give it give her a little nod watch a horror movie if I can it's fun it's like a little mini Halloween sprinkled throughout the year but this year I believe we actually have a Friday the 13th in October and I'm very excited about what I'm gonna cover on the pod that day I have ideas but obviously I don't know I want it to be wanted to be something super fun and cool but anyway okay so Everyone has seen this movie, I hope, I pray. Um, but let's just have a little refresher. Let's talk about it. Let's let's get back to Camp Crystal Lake, year 1958. Um, 
We've got some counselors. Um, beautiful girl in a yellow polo playing a guitar, making googly eyes at another counselor in a yellow polo. And what's funny about like seeing her in the first shot is like Malin Ackerman's character in the final girls like kept referring to herself as like, I'm just the shy girl with the clipboard and the guitar. I'm not supposed to live till the end. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so then this girl at the very beginning of the movie, like she doesn't seem very shy and she doesn't have a clipboard, but she does have a guitar. So I wonder if that was just like a nod to her. She's not very shy at all. She finishes playing that, like, um, you know, Michael, row the boat ashore. And then she's like, come on. And then she winks at the guy across from her. And then they, they just go and they, they, go to, they go to fool around. Okay, so the timeline is confusing me just a little bit here. Because I know that, like, Jason died one summer. The next summer, two counselors died. So anyway, they're upstairs fooling around. You know, don't even have the pants off. Pretty innocent. And the greatest thing about this movie the music but also the um killer's pov um so that we never know who the killer is until the very end just because we are in her point of view um not because she's wearing a weird fucking mask or anything um which i think is really interesting and i like i that's kind of the way i think that's the best way to do a slasher movie is where um you know like no one the reason no one knows who the killer is is because the killer hasn't left anyone to know. Um, but yeah, um, I, I just, I think that's a much more interesting way of telling the story because the masks are just so fucking hokey. Um, so yeah, we, um, these teens, like they just get like a, and I just like, ah, you know, a, a slow-mo scream pan out. And like, we know that they've died, but the music gets really intense those violins get so screechy and then we just go right into a credit sequence and the music just keeps building and building and it's so fucking good and even though you're reading in like like white text against a black screen like director of photography john smith it's like oh shit like you are on the edge of your seat the tension is building it's very effective like these this is why these are the greats <laughs> because you can turn an absolutely nothing seen into just like okay yeah this is this is where you catch your breath theoretically but also we're gonna play this music that puts you really on edge you know um and I just I just fucking love that it's so effective and then like the fucking the title comes in um from the corner of the screen and then it's like 3d and then it like crashes the screen like fucking black mirror oh god I love it they just don't make them like that anymore so now we are back at Camp Crystal Lake and it's like 1980, I suppose, the year it came out. Um, June 13th, 1980. Um, and we see Annie and Annie is one of the counselors who is supposed to be at camp. She's hitchhiking, doesn't really, I don't really know how she got anywhere. I guess she's hitchhiking the whole way. But she's just so cute. She's got like curly hair, curly bangs. She's just like sweet as can be. And... um she stops in this rest station, pets a dog, and she asks these people, she's like, hey, can anyone, you know, give me a lift to Camp Crystal Lake or know how I can get there? Um, and they're like, they're really opening up that place? I cannot believe it. That's like, oof. Like, they're all looking at her like she's a ghost. Like, and she's fucking crazy. But then um, crazy old Ralph, you know, the, the, the town, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. He's just like a little bit weird. He's not even crazy. Poor Ralph. Um, he, you know, but he, he looks like a Brooklyn hipster. You know, he's wearing like a vest and a weird hat and he rides away on a bike. 
But um, he's like, you'll never come back again. That's got a death curse. So very spooky, very ominous, right? But this guy like helps her into a tr- the truck. He's going to like give her a lift like halfway. And he's like, crazy old Ralph. Don't you listen to him. But then like halfway down the road, he's saying the same shit. He's like, you know what happened there, right? Like, I really think you should quit. Like, that'd be smart. You're a real stupid kid if you go up to work there. Like, you should just fucking quit. And it's like, how are you going to talk shit about crazy old Ralph? When you're going to tell her the same shit, like, come on, like, give the girl a break. Um, And she's like, I can't quit. What are you talking about? Um, And so he, like, brings her however far he can. And then she's back on the road. She's hitchhiking again. And this Jeep stops for her. Um, And so she gets in this Jeep and she's getting a lift and we can't see who the driver is. Right. Um, And they're driving along for a while. And then at some point she's like, wait, didn't you pass the road for Camp Crystal Lake back there? And as soon as she says it, the music comes in like, bump, 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 bump. <laughs> and it's like, yes, like this, is, this is what I live for. Um, and, you know, she keeps looking back. She gets like further in distress. She's like, I really think we should stop. And once she realizes that this person is not going to fucking stop, she decides to like tuck and roll out of the Jeep. After which, like the Jeep stops, backs up. And then Annie is just like running through the woods, like trying to lose them. But then we just see her like back against a tree flash, then just like a slit through her neck. And then that's one of the another like interesting thing about this is like the gore builds up. And I wonder how much like it's got to have something to do with like the budgeting thing. It's like you in, you know, a movie made in the 80s, they probably couldn't use all their fucking latex in every kill but they were probably saving it for the more like you know intense scenes at the very end and so you just start out where it's like the first two kills you see nothing the second kill you don't see it happen but you see a little bit of the wound um and then it just gets more and more gruesome as you go like that's also very effective like god this is like a, a master class in horror oh my god i love this film so poor Annie she was supposed to be running the kitchen but now she is dead she will not be making it to Camp Crystal Lake this summer but back at the camp we've got uh the other counselors that have already arrived so we've got um we got Marcy who's got like the big uh the big curly hair the big poofy hair we've got Alice who's got like a um she's got like a uh, like one of those 70s women bowl cuts you know what I'm talking about and then we have Brenda who um I don't know she's got like very nice hair like all pinned to one side she seems like such a goody goody but she's not she's the one who's like let's play strip monopoly like you go girlfriend um um so those are the gals and then the guys we've got um we've got fucking (laughs) we've got Kevin Bacon Uh, lest we forget Kevin Bacon um who plays Jack we've got Bill who's like kind of I he seems to be like the most straight-laced guy I guess um and then we've got Ned who's like the kooky like class clown one who's gonna like put on you know Native American headwear and act like a fucking jackass um and then we've got the son of the owners of the camp, who the one who's like endeavoring to reopen everything like everyone's boss. Um, his name is Steve. And no one ever talks about how this is like the hottest guy to ever be in a horror movie, I think. Like, maybe it's just that 80s swagger, but oh my God. Oh my God. The glasses, the mustache, the short curly hair, the fucking body <laughs> I I I like like the perf- the perfect 
specimen. No one ever talk. No one ever talks about how Steve Christie is the perfect man. And um, I just I wonder what he's doing now. So many like looking through this IMDb page, like so many of the actors, like their like their headshot is a still of them in Friday the Thirteenth. So it's like okay, yeah, we know nothing really happened for you after this, unfortunately. But like, goddamn, his name is Peter Brower. Um, I wonder how old he is. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could still pull. No, um, maybe he has a son for me. Anyway, um, so it, I am interested to know what um, Steve Christie's relationship to Alice is because like there's this weird situation where like they're working on something together, like they're hanging ring gutters or whatever, and he starts looking through her art and he's like sees a picture that he drew of her and he's like oh do I look like this and she's like you did last night and she's like clearly irritated with him and he's like please give me another chance like promise you'll like at least stay till next Friday and then you can leave if you want and she's like okay fine and then he like touches her face and like you can tell she's uncomfortable by it so it's like this guy is probably a huge fucking creep but the storyline of like what's going on there gets very um like we only see this one little interaction which is like huh is he evil? That's unfortunate because he's very sexy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. And then we, um, like they're, they're kind of just fooling around getting their stuff ready at camp. Um, at one point, um, what's her name? At one point, Brenda is like walking by the archery range and Ned shoots an arrow right past her into a, onto like a, uh, target. And it like really freaks her out because obviously that's horrifying. And she's like, God damn it. Don't you fucking do that shit. Um, and it's foreshadowing. Um, but then as she chases him away, something that I never noticed before, because I've never been able to watch this movie with subtitles, um, is that she says, if you do that again, I'm going to hang you on the wall to dry. Which if we know anything about how Ned is going to appear later in the film, foreshadowing. I love when they do that. I love when they do that in a way that it's so subtle. You have to watch a movie 10 times to be able to pick up on it and not so glaringly obvious where it's like the instant they say it, you're like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen later in this film. You know, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to remember what happens next because I did not take notes while watching this. I thought I've seen it so many times. I'll just remember. But, um, afraid not so 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 annie has died everyone at the camp is is getting their getting their shit together there's a storm rolling in and yeah so there, there's a storm rolling in pretty sure the next thing that happens is um the tinder scene between marcy and kevin bacon they go back to their or one of their cabins they bone and then right after that marcy um goes she gets up to go pee because you know no no UTIs um but because they're at a fucking summer camp (laughs) the bathroom is in another building so she goes out like in the rain in just like her underwear and a rain jacket to go um to go use the bathroom so she's like she goes to the outhouse while she's there like fixing herself up primping it primping and prepping um back at the fucking Back at the cabin, we've noticed that Ned is on the top bunk with his uh, with his throat slashed. And on the bottom bunk, Kevin Bacon is just, you know, having his, his afterglow cigarette reading a book. And we see a blade come up through his neck, this little tiny blade. And then it like twists around through his neck and like the blood splitters and it's so gross. And he's dead. And just a little while later, poor little Marcy out in the outhouse 
gets an axe to the face. So <sighs> Kevin Bacon, knife in the throat, Marcy, axe to the face, right, right in the face. So like the gore is getting better. The prosthetics are getting juicier. It's just mm, beautiful. And so then back at like the main cabin, Annie and Bill and Brenda are all just like trying to wait out the storm. And so they decide that they're going to play strip monopoly and they start smoking some, smoking some weed. And then at one point, like they're getting into it, Brenda's just taking her top off. And then like the door just like flies open because of the storm. And she's like, oh shit, you know, I left the fucking windows in my cabin open. So she, she's like, okay, that's it for me tonight. And what's interesting though, is that like, um, Annie or not Annie, what's her name? Alice was just about to take her top off. Like she had just lost the rights to her shirt in strip monopoly. And, um, but then the door like bursts open. So she never actually takes her shirt off. And so that's, you know, in keeping with the final girl's lore, you know, she never shows her tits. Therefore she stays alive. Um, so Brenda like also, you know, goes out to the outhouse and hears some weird noises, doesn't really know what's going on. But, um, you know, she just trying to ignore it. Just there's a lot of, a lot of creepy spookiness happening. Um, and she, she goes back and she gets, she gets ready for bed. She's wearing this long, gorgeous nightgown. Um, and she settles up into bed and then she hears a little boy's voice saying, help me like screaming, help me, help me like a little boy's voice, like how fucking spooky. And so she like grabs a flashlight and she goes out and she's like trying to follow this voice and she's like where the fuck are you and she's trying to like find this person that needs help and then suddenly these huge lights turn on and we realize that she's in the archery range like standing exactly where she was standing earlier when Ned almost hit her with an arrow but now she's like in a soaking wet nightgown and terrified and it's like oh my god it's it's so spooky it's so spooky um so then after that, we see that like Steve had, had been in town running errands for the day and he is like at a diner and, um, I just, I love this scene between him and the waitress for some reason. I don't know. It just feels so raw and real, even though literally nothing happens <laughs> and she's just like drive carefully. Um, and of course like the storm is crazy. So he's like, He's he's not getting back anytime soon. And meanwhile, the counselors are just being picked off like flies. So now it's pretty much just Bill and Alice um, <clears throat> in like the main cabin. And they don't really know what's going on. The power keeps going in and out. He keeps going to like check the generator. Um, and at one point she like takes a little nap and wakes up and she doesn't know where he is. And she like figures he's like gone out to check the generator again. Um, and when she ghost she just like sees his his like red rain poncho just on the ground and she's like oh shit something's something's not right um and then she like she goes through this entrance and then she like closes the door and bill is like hanging just like hanging on the back of the door with like arrows in him and eyes gouged out and then like God, so much happens in these last couple scenes. She goes like in and out of this house a million times. Like the chase is like, is like, is like really amazing. Cause it's like, she sees Bill dead and then she like goes back to the main house and then she sees fucking either Marcy or it was actually, no, it was, um, Brenda, like Brenda's body gets like thrown in through the window and like, she's dead. And so like, she's like freaking out, doesn't really know what's going on. Um, and then she finally sees a car start to drive up. And so she goes outside and she like waves it down and 
this uh this woman steps out of the car absolutely like so perfect so perfect as a villain and so perfect as a mom like the like wardrobe the casting everything it's absolutely absolutely impeccable so this woman she's like mid 50s I'd say she's got that you know shorter older woman haircut you know it's thick and it's curly and she's got like this big old cable knit sweater on she's like a she's like a sturdy woman you know she's wearing chinos and so Alice comes running up to her and she's like they're all dead like all my friends are dead like you you have to help me something's going on and she's like oh no dear everything's fine you're just upset because of the storm and she's like no there are dead bodies inside come see and she's like okay well everything's gonna be all right I've got you my name's Mrs. Voorhees I'm friends with the friends with the owners um and so she like goes inside with Mrs. Voorhees and Mrs. Voorhees is like looking at the at, at like the body of Brenda and she's like oh such a sweet young girl poor thing and then she's like increasingly creeping out Alice because she's like you know I had a son who who went to camp here and he died he drowned while these counselors were were making love and then she starts to like snap and she's like it's your fault you weren't paying any attention you're the reason he died um (laughs) and so Alice is like uh fuck you know shit um and starts running away um and like Mrs. Voorhees, she likes, she like makes like the little boy voice and she's like, kill her mommy, kill her. Oh God. It's the creepiest thing. It's like the creepiest thing because either she's like actually possessed by Jason or she just like, you know, which is, you know, the way that I see it as like this movie standing alone outside of like all the sequels is just that like she went mad with grief and now like she thinks she's living out the wishes of her dead son but she's just you know gone fucking fucking bonkers um but she she like does it like six times like kill her mommy kill her and it's so fucking creepy and she chases her around this campground like a million times like fucking Alice like she she gets back in this cabin somehow alone and she keeps like shutting all the windows and shutting the curtains and she's manically just like piling furniture in front of the door so that she can't get in but um she found a way in anyway (laughs) and um like I don't even know this chase scene really goes on for a long time it does not really let up for a while um and Mrs. Wars just keeps getting creepier and creepier and um at one point she like her and Alice are like standing off and she just like slaps her across the face multiple times it's like damn bitch and then finally they're like She, like, gets away from her. She's, like, in the pantry. She's resting. She thinks she can finally have a moment. And then, no, she's, like, back fucking beating down the doors. And so her and Alice are finally, like, they're out in this field, like, by the the lake. And uh, Alice is able to grab the machete. And she just fucking swings it right at Mrs. Voorhees. Chops her head clean off. Clean off. And you see, like... It's not insanely gross because it's like the effects weren't so good, but it's like you see the like exposed neck and you see like her hands like gripping into fists like in frame and she's like, ah, I lost my head. (laughs) Not like that, but that's what the hands are saying, you know? Um, And it's like, damn, it's so good. And then poor fucking Alice, she's just like, "I've, I've had enough of this. She just puts herself in a little canoe and paddles with her hands out to the middle of the lake and takes herself a little nap which I that feels right like unfortunate because of what happens next but yeah I I get it when she just like is like I'm done 
and just like drags her feet into that fucking canoe. I'm like, I get it. I really do. Um, and so anyway, she's, you know, the dawn comes and, and the police officers have arrived and they're going to the lake and Alice is like in this, in this canoe, her body's half out, hand in the water and she's exhausted. She's been fucking through it. And she sees the police officers and she has this like almost like glib smile that's like, finally, (laughs) I'm good. I went through all this and it's done and it's over and everything's great. But then, of course, little Jason pops out of the water right behind her in slow-mo with his big head and disfigured body. And he like pulls her into the water. Um, And then Alice wakes up in a hospital bed. And, you know, finds out that, like, all, everyone has died. Which, like, she knew. She knew everyone died. But she's like, they're all dead. And she's like, and what about the boy? And they're like, what boy? She's like, Jason, the boy. And which, like, I don't know why. If she was listening to the story, she knows that there's no boy. Like, Jason, if he was alive, it'd be, like, 22 years old. Whatever grabbed her in the lake was not fucking human. But she's like, then he's still there. And then she, like, gazes away. And it's like, yep, there's your sequel. <laughs> there it is. We're we're teeing it right up for a sequel. Um, which I've learned a lot of them, at least like the next few are on HBO Max. So I really think I'm going to endeavor to watch a few of those and see what happens. I have heard, I'm pretty sure that Alice like gets killed like instantly in the next movie, which I think is just like so cunty. Like that's kind of like... That's, 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 that's a way to kick off a franchise, I think, is to, is to kill your surviving girl. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh. So, uh, sorry, sorry I started off this podcast in such a rotten mood. I really was looking forward to the final girls and it just did not give me anything that I wanted at all. But, you know, that's because it is a pathetic attempt at homage. Um, I don't want to say pathetic. That sounds so mean, (laughs) but like... It was it was it was a failed attempt at homage and frankly nothing is better than the original. So watch some OG horror movies this weekend and think of me. But yeah, I guess that's the episode this week. The summer nears its end and you you grow nostalgic for the campfires and the sing-along songs. Uh just remember that if you're out in the middle of the woods, um the tourniquet is only going to do so much for you when you get your arm chopped off by a scorned mother. So, I guess keep that in mind. Bye.